Radio. Your host is Alethea Thompson, and on the line with me, I have Charles McBride from the Labyrinth. Say hi, Charles. Hello, everybody. So today is uh, September. Oh my God, December the eighth, which is kind of funny if you think about it, because December is not the tenth month; it's actually the twelfth month, and death is well, you know, for ten. My husband was looking at me like. Okay, what? wait. <laughs> How does December 8th translate into that? The number 10 isn't mentioned anywhere. Except that December is supposed to be the 10th month. Yeah, that's the name De- December, as in deci, decimal. But 10's not in there, so why is that amusing that it's the 8th of December? I don't <laughs> see how you jumped. <laughs> to get that reaction. I'm your third unofficial host, <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> Nate Mac. <laughs> so, Yule, which is on the winter solstice and is a pagan religion, a uh, pagan religion, a pagan <laughs> holiday. <laughs> you are technically correct. The best correct. <laughs> it's a pagan holiday that falls that falls on the winter solstice, and it's mostly supposed to celebrate the coming of hope and light and the new year and whatnot, because, you know, on the solstice, that's, what, the longest night of the year? Shortest day of the year. Shortest day of the year. Okay, there you go. Shortest day of the year, and then you start gaining more daylight over I time. Know, I know that seems like I'm, you know, grasping at straws there, but it's actually preceded and immediately followed by two equally long nights. Really? Yep. It's just the first day in itself. That's interesting. Yep. Oh. So, that's, uh, so the whole point is for, you know, Yule is they, they recognize this and they, they look at it as, okay, well, the light's now coming in and it brings hope and whatnot for the, for the, you know, when the winter's leaving and it'll eventually get summer and spring back. So it's supposed to be there to inspire hope, which is why you wear really bright colors and whatnot. So, the, this is why I've kind of decided that I'm going to go with a whole dark theme for the month with Horse Realist. What? Good cover. What? Nothing. <laughs> he's like, you're only saying that because this morning you didn't have a topic and you made it up on the fly, which he's absolutely right, I did. Good cover. <laughs> like, literally, when I, if you guys happen to notice on the Facebook page, when I posted it, I posted up, the, the, that is exactly the moment I decided on what I was going to do, and it was 20 minutes before the show. So, <laughs> so I just decided that's going to be pretty much the theme, is going with dark things. Since, you know, we started out the month with a dark theme, and now we're going to another dark theme. So, what we're talking about today is the relevance of darkness, and in this sense, it is what we perceive as actual evil, when people get abused, when they see war constantly going on, you know, the questions that you ask, why does God let this happen? That answered my second question, was, were you talking about actual physical darkness, or philosophical darkness? <laughs> <laughs> so that answered my question on that one. But, Dave, I was going to be a smart ass and be like, well, you need it to sleep. And... <laughs> 
guess he, well, no, I guess sort of that might be right. Except that NASA said that we, you know, are supposed to operate on a 26-hour clock, in which case at some point in time you would sleep during the day. It just means you might not always get as much sleep as you want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start out with this. Charles, tell me about a time in your life that you had a really dark point and it impacted your life so much that you ended up becoming better for it. Wow. He doesn't want to talk about it on the radio. That's kind of a deep question to ask somebody off the, off the cuff right there. You know what? He's Charles. You put him on the <laughs> Yeah, she did, didn't she? Wow. I blame Allie for this. Um, <laughs> Tell me about your childhood. It, you know... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually uh, right where, where she's hitting at, um, which is about right. Uh, the darkest time in my life, and here's the thing, it's not something that you turn out better for right away. You, <laughs> When you fall, you fall all the way first, and then you hit rock bottom, and then you climb out. But um, I guess really I should zone in on my mother's death. Uh, very few, Very few things in your life impact you like the death of a loved one. And nothing impacts you like the death of a loved one when you're there holding them, trying to coax life back into their body. And there's nothing you can do to make that happen. You know, this is, it's it, they're done. And, you know, all of the force in the world, all of the, all of the willpower, all of the drive to save their life amounts to a hill of beans because they're gone and that's it. Um... Not even hill of beans, because the hill of beans might slow something down, right? Um, so, you know, I guess I should really hit that after that, I started... Initially, I wasn't okay, okay? This is the thing. Initially, I was just broken psychologically, which anyone would be. But um, I went through a complete mental breakdown one step at a time after that. And those people who have never had a complete mental breakdown, they've never lost their mind, don't know what it's like. I have the great fortune that while it was the cause that my mother had died that I went through this, it was also my mother who taught me to be very introspective. So whereas most people have a mental breakdown and they go, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on, I had a mental breakdown and I was like, that's interesting. That's not good, but that's interesting. I'll make note of that and see if I can't correct this, this, and this as I was getting the shakes, as I was having, uh, wow, um, stomach problems every single day, uh, which didn't help because then I was, get, I was, I reached a point where I was having, where I was in a state of malnutrition because I couldn't keep food down. Um, dehydration, you know, I went through every single thing that you go through within that physically and then the psychological impacts of that, plus the fact that my mother just died. You know, um, people say, have you ever been through hell on earth? And I say, ha once. And I'm good. I don't need to ever do it again. Um, but all of that, you know, was the beginnings of darkness for me. Um, it wasn't immediate that I fell to darkness. It was, it was a transition point. And what came next was really the mysticism that I just started embarking on before became a major focal point. Now, we're going to get into where this becomes a benefit, but it takes about a year and a half, maybe two years from that time point. Um, once I restabilized myself through deep meditations, through mystical ceremonies, through all of those things that you would do with those tools available, I then proceeded to realize that, number one, life isn't fair. And 
what I mean by this is that if you go out and hit someone in the nose, nothing stops you from doing that, except the other person's will to stop you and the repercussions thereof. So I started in, embarking on what Chaos and David call true darkness and understanding how reality really works. And I realized that, mystically speaking, nothing stopped me from hurting someone. Um, I had just gained this phantasmic connection, this fantastic, you know, interlacing of my energy with all the other energies, which is something that happens when you're around someone close to you when they die. But beyond that, I had already started honing this, so effectively it was like getting plugged into the live current socket, and I became... The drive-by cursor. There's one in every town, someone who just messes people up to see if they can, and that was me. The difference was I was at a point either because of my natural energy level or the fact that I just went through a traumatic experience or that I learned very quickly and I didn't place limitations on my beliefs as to what I could do with it or all of them put together. I very quickly became not just the drive-by cursor but the one who did it very well, you know, People died as a result of the things that I did, and that left a mark on my soul with the existing mark. And over time, I became enshrouded in darkness. I became where I couldn't even see my own way out of it. And it wasn't until someone had brought me face-to-face -face with who I'd become and asked me if this is what I'd started out wanting to do, if this is the man I'd wanted to become, you know, years ago when I'd set out on the journey. And this is where things transform. This is why I'm what a lot of people call a great beacon of the light now. Because I went there. And having come face-to-face -face with myself, and then later on face-to-face -face with the shadow self as a result, I gained a true realization of all of the great evils I was capable of, but also of the fact that, yes, there's nothing that stops me from hitting someone in the nose, and nothing that stops anyone else, and therefore... I have to be a force that can stop that. I have to be that interposing that interposing will whenever it comes down to it because at the end of the day, that is what stops darkness, is being light. It's not that you simply have some other power intervene. It's someone else intervenes on your behalf. They may have something moving through them, but they have to be there to intervene. So that complete realization brought me face-to-face -face with myself and then started me back down the path of light, and just as the fall took time, so did the rise. You know, I would say that it took probably as much time to reach a point of true light as it did to reach a point of true darkness, and I fell multiple times and rose up multiple times until I reached a point of stability within all of that. I don't know if that's exactly what you were looking for, um, but it's the best example I can relate as to how darkness can lead to something better, because... What it ultimately did was it led me to Thor, it led me to my, my faith and my beliefs, it led me to my understanding of myself, and it led me to a better understanding of the world around me. When someone is very dark, I don't just look at them as my enemy now. I mean, if they're doing something terrible enough that they need to be stopped, yeah, they go into enemy mode. But I also look at them as a human being who, if I went through this, they can be helped too if only I can reach them. And if I can't reach them with the kind extended hand, I can reach them with the right cross, and if I knock them out, maybe they'll get the hint. So. Maybe, are you sure? <laughs>
Well, you know, um, I'm, I mean, I'm sure they'll have some understanding as to what I'm doing, but will it will it have a positive effect on them? Is really what I'm getting at. And maybe they'll get up and rethink their life, or maybe they'll they'll get up and they'll you know call upon darker powers. Maybe they'll come become even worse. That's always a calculated risk whenever you reach out to anyone. Yeah. A lot of people believe that it's... So I do... Okay. I find it interesting that a lot of people believe that all their decisions are going to affect change. So... At least you're taking a realistic view on it. Well, the thing is, I have tried to help people in the past and failed. Um, you only you only practice magic and make make so many dark apprentices in an effort to save them from their own darkness. Uh, so so many times before you go, wow, this shit isn't working the way I hoped. <laughs> You know, for me, when I finally came back to the light, I had really given a lot of my uh, view on the positive influence of that being the magic that I'd learned and the introspection that came with it. So when I tried to help others, that was the route I took. And um, two of them came back. Two of them have families and are loving husbands and are doing well in their life. And um, one of them is still a psychiatric case who gets committed every month or so. So, you know, um, you don't forget failure like that if you're if you're wise. I could. I could just do what a lot of people do. It. They say, well, you know, that was just, I, I'll reach him one day. Nope. Uh, I, I did not reach him, and I must recognize that the method was ineffective for that person, that it just wouldn't work what I was doing. Hmm. Well, since you shared yours, I'll go ahead and share mine. Um, mine was, I was abused as a kid and by my biological father. Ended up in foster care and for a long time, well, I can't really say for a long time, uh, unless you want to include during the time that I was being abused and then like... Eh, half a year later, so from about whenever the abuse started around, I'm sure, two or something like that, and until I was like seven-ish, um, I had a huge fear of men. And, you know, that was the initial problem that sprang from the the abuse. And after being with being around my godfather, I opened up more, and I didn't have a problem with men. Because I realized, hey, not all men are the same. Just like, you know, now, today, as I've grown older, or as I grew older, I realized not all women are the same either. That I kind of felt like, until I hit about yeah, 12 or something like that, I, you know, had this idea in my head that all women were nice and they, uh, they didn't like to hurt other people. And then, you know, I hit puberty and found out that... I thought that until puberty, too. <laughs> you know, then I met women that were uh, conniving towards their friends and whatnot. Yeah, me too. <laughs> of course, you know, none of them really uh, really impacted me. 
particularly, I just kind of saw what they did to other people, and that's how I realized it. But, uh, yeah. So, this actually ended up becoming a huge, the, the thing that I was, there's, the part about me being abused actually became why, one of the reasons why I took a dive from Christianity and I went to paganism. Because I sat there and I thought, okay, you know, no god in their right mind is going to let you uh, get abused and all yada, yada, yada. Well, then, you know, after my significant event that I've talked about maybe once, maybe twice on the radio show before yeah, demon possession and whatnot, um, I ended up having to really look at, uh, that was the my abuse as a child was part of the decision process in whether or not I was going to go back to Christianity. So, I had really, really struggled with all this because, you know, my mom was Christian, and then I found out later on that my dad happened to have been pagan. Um, <laughs> so, that didn't help me much because, you know, at this point in time, I've, I'm, having, uh, I'm having issues with the fact that I've been, um, well, I felt like I was betrayed by a bunch of deities for one reason or another, and I'm not going to get into that. But, uh, so, you know, here I am, I'm hating life, I'm hating everybody, I'm, uh, I'd already gotten through my suicide stage at this point, because, you know, everybody thinks about suicide at some point in time in their life, and I'd already gotten over that by now, so more or less, I was just kind of like, do I just say fuck them all, or... Yes. <laughs> or do I pick one over the other because of what happened, or, you know, whatever. So, eventually... I, I ended up on Force Academy. Oh, yeah, 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 guys. By confronting the the evil that had happened in my life, ended up coming together and making sense when I joined the Jedi community. Particularly Force Academy, because I sat there and I watched as the dark and the light, pretty much the dark and the light. The shadow were kind of there, and they, you know, I would talk to them on occasion, like through... Uh, to the chat room and whatnot, but for the most part, it was just watching the dark and the light go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So, I saw how this conflict worked and how it actually made the person better. Now, it's a completely different type of conflict from, you know, when, when I was beat. They were uh, total opposites in, in how, what scale they meant. Uh, you know, you had the small scale which would be what we had on Force Academy, where there's bickering back and forth. And then there was the larger scale on, at least from what from my perspective, it was a larger scale as far as being abused. Um, so I sat there and I looked at it, and, I, and as I was going through the, the information that they had on Force Academy, you know, learning more about the light side and all this stuff and learning from different, the different perspectives of everybody, uh, I realized that more or less this, this darkness that had happened in my life, if I could either like, run my life and be a victim the entire time, which is actually something that happened with my previous generation, uh, where it turns out that my father was actually completely neglected when he was younger because uh, his, you know, his father ran out on him and then his mom didn't know how to take care of him, so she sent him to... Uh, a, uh, a military school. And then, you know, which, which is kind of funny if you think about it, um, 
my my mom and my father apparently loved my grandmother very much, but uh, I think that she kind of did my did wrong by my father as far as like sending him off to go to this military school. Uh, it actually turns out that a lot of the kids that ended up going to that military school, from what I can tell, all turned out to be bad eggs. So that was kind of interesting. Um, I learned that later on when I went to a uh, it's like an AA class, but it's for like codependents. And I went there with somebody because I was, you know, trying to uh, be supportive of that person. And you know, they it turned out the person that was speaking that night. She's like, yeah, well, my my ex-husband used to be part of this military school, XYZ, and he was yada, 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 and, you know, I did research and found out that uh, a lot of them were jerks. So, the, uh, but the reason why I find it kind of interesting that she couldn't take care of him is because she was actually a nurse and the director of nurses at a hospital, so that, that I thought was kind of intriguing, but... Then, you know, it turns out that in my mom's home, she was actually uh, abused also. So this cycle of violence continued on to the next generation because she didn't know how to, how to not be a victim. She learned after she got divorced from my father, which is a great thing. And in the process, she gave me the tools that I needed to get out of that cycle myself. Because I actually almost married a guy... Um, that would have ended up putting me back, that had the potential of putting me, putting our family back into that cycle of violence. Not that he, uh, he wanted to or anything like that. Hopefully he's grown up now. Um, but there were just some precursor things that were there that, uh, I can still be a friend with him, but I, I wouldn't marry him because of it. So, Ends up the second guy that I chose was my perfect match. And he's not even saying anything. Who is he? I'll kill him. <laughs> His name is Nathan Thompson. <laughs> so, uh, so basically I saw, I realized that either I could be a victim my entire life or I could change that and become a survivor and then teach that or pass that surviving, the surviving tools that I got on to other people without having to refine them. So you chose me? Ooh, that's a tough choice. <laughs> I would weigh my options for a lot longer, I think. <laughs> but that's pretty much how I've seen, as far as uh, darkness goes, that it, as long as you look at it properly, then you can find the diamond in the rough of it, I guess. It's probably not a really great analogy. So, what about you, Nathan? Do you have any stories? None that I'm willing to share on the radio. Sorry. <laughs> so you don't want to talk about like how you don't you... want to talk about any deep emotionally scarring events in my life on a, on a radio station no no I think I'm good so nothing about how like you've learned that the army's not the place to be uh well I've already established that the army sucks 
mean, it's really actually a mystery. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be a deep, emotionally scarring place. I mean, it could be small darkness. Small darkness? Well, one time I lost my battery to my flashlight. And what did you learn? Uh, carry batteries for your flashlight. <laughs> also, push-ups in the parking lot suck. <laughs> <laughs> to everyone the dip, there are different methods of uh, overcoming crisis and you to everyone a crisis could be something that I may perceive as very small or somebody else may uh, but you may perceive it very big for example when I was in D.A.R.E. we actually had a one of our instructors told us about how she had a girl that was in her classroom and she was uh, she was just kind of sitting there fiddling with something in her hands, and she goes, I can't do this. I, I, I just can't do this anymore. And she started crying, and she ran out of the classroom. Oh, uh, You know, she just hit puberty and whatnot. And uh, when the teacher went to go find her, it turns out that the reason why she was having a nervous breakdown was because she couldn't figure out what lipstick to put on. For this kid, this was a deeply traumatizing event. This one with the scroll to put the camera's back. Well, you'd have to be, yeah, sort of, I guess. But it was still scarring to her. So these little fucking suck it up. <laughs> wow. So these little mediocre things that we go through and whatnot is uh, is something that builds up to build our character. And this is really what darkness is about, as far as, like, the the bad things that happen in your life, you can't develop your character without them. And this is why, when you look at it, and you say, why does God allow X, Y, Z to happen? Why does, uh, why isn't the goddess protecting me? Why isn't, um, why isn't the God and goddess comforting me right now is so forth. It's because you can't build your character without it. You can't become who you are today without looking back at your past. Every event you have leads up to the moment you're living right now. So, if you have something in your history that you're trying to overcome, and you don't know what you're going to do about it here and now, you might, you, might, uh, you might be thinking suicidal thoughts while listening to this. Or you could be thinking about how things are just, you're not going to make it to the next moment because you're just going to break down and go maybe catatonic. Sit down, breathe, and think it through. What can you learn from those events? What can you take from them? And if you're still having problems, if you're still struggling with them, go talk to somebody. There's somebody out there that is willing to listen to you. Especially during this time when everyone's Emotions are running high during the holiday season. And on that note, I hope that you all awaken the night within.